Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, you join me at 10 o'clock in the evening in sunny Telford, and I am joined by Lloyd and Tom from the Southern Hemisphere. What time is it there, guys? It's uh, 7 a.m. here. I think Tom's two hours. He's probably eight yeah, or nine. Yeah, I'm, I'm 9 a.m. Yeah, yeah. Um, nice. That still blows my mind. I realize it's the most basic thing to get overexcited about. Um, <laughs> but being able to video conference with people, with people on the other side of the world would basically have been magic 50 years ago. So yeah. awesome. Um, we've got these guys on again um, for a very special reason, something I'm really excited about. Um, and, and Lloyd and Tom are the guys behind the Nice Supplement Company. If you follow our social media, you will know that we are going to be bringing in, or we are bringing in the Nice Supplement Company's range of products, a small range of products to start with for retail, and we will then be distributing to other retailers shortly after that. I wanted to bring the guys on to give you a bit of an overview as to what the Nice Supplement Company is and, and, and why it's so important to them and what's different about it. And then we're going to look at the four products that we're bringing in um, and try to go through each one of those in the space of kind of 10 to 15 minutes, what it is, how it works, and, and how it might benefit you. Um, so without further ado, I don't know which one of you guys wants to start, but what is the Nice Supplement Company? I'll throw to Tom to kick it off. Um, this is oh, yeah. very much his baby. It's our baby, but yeah, he's got a little special extra interest say, in this. We, we could say the branding side was specifically uh, out of my my brain, I guess you could say. Um, so yeah, nice supplement company. I, I guess it's about keeping things simple uh, in terms of uh, formulation approach and making sure that you do a good job of what you do. Um, so when it comes to our focus on product development or getting in herbal extracts or specific compounds, we're not just herbal extracts. Um, it's, we, we pay a lot of attention on the quality of said extract and we're kind of willing to, um, you know, we're, we're willing to take costing hits or put the price up on a product to make sure that it is adequately dosed and so forth. So um, I guess that's, that's the big thing. Like the formulas, you should be able to look at the panel and go, yeah, that's nice. So what, what kind of things w were you finding as retailers? Cause you were both retailers primarily. What kind of things were you finding that maybe made you feel, I think we need to have a go at this ourselves? Was it, was it the products didn't exist or was it that the products that mm. existed didn't quite come up to, to, to the level you expected? Yeah, I might jump in on that, Richard, because that's exactly, I guess, the other half of why we started this brand. Um, we were sick of lame underdose supplements, you know, which I guess we all are when we're people that kind of know supplements. And we were also finding that we just didn't have access to some of these things we wanted, you know, that wasn't a brand doing it, or if they were doing it, it wasn't in a proper dose, or if um, they were doing it, they were doing it mixed with the wrong things, you know, any number of things, they weren't specifying the extract quality, so you didn't really know, or we took it and we didn't notice anything when you should. Well, um, that, that last one, I think is interesting. And that, that one happens more often than people think. And, and it comes back to that, you know, a simple formula can be really, really good. Uh, I had a conversation with someone today, uh, the new Stimulax Pro formula. It's only six or seven ingredients. It'll probably be out by the time this releases. And someone messaged me and said, I used a pre-workout the other day that on paper should be twice as strong as this, but mm. felt almost nothing from it. That's not an unusual conversation for me to have with people. And I don't know if it's the same for you guys over there. Oh, it is. Well, yeah. And I mean, yeah. 
jump in, Tom. Go for it. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd I'd say that's a big one. Is where there was a trend at one point where more is better, probably because of America. But uh, if you nail a good, you know, three seven ingredient combo, and they have complementary pathways and just mechanisms going on, then that can shine way better than a much of things that is like it's pulling the cart in every direction at once. That's- and those three or four or five ingredients are actually what they say they are. Yes. Correct. And that's actually why we took matters into our own hands, to be honest, because at, at first, obviously, you look at a lot of contract manufacturers and, and sometimes that's still a solution, but and it certainly would be for certain products. But the way that this brand is designed is it's in a way you'll notice there's no fillers. Um, you'll notice that the ingredient list is usually tight, which is kind of in reference to what we just touched on. But also we can control what goes into it and we can actually use that stuff, try five or 10 different ones first before we decide which one goes into it. And we know that that is all that's in there or those ingredients are in there at those doses. And we didn't have that control if we were partnering up with the wrong people, um, which I'm sure we've all gone through. Of course, you eventually find good manufacturers, but um, we were sick of waiting for that. I'm very happy with the relationship we have with the manufacturers I use, but but the key thing was the sourcing of raw ingredients. You can find someone who can put stuff together. Normally, you can find people that put stuff together fairly easily, but it's funny people that can put stuff together and that can source good ingredients or that are willing for you mm-hmm. to source the ingredients for them um, if yep. you've got those relationships with people. But that's that's possibly a, a conversation for, a, for another day. Um, yes. Or yes. for never, because <laughs> conflict of interests. Correct. But yeah, that that's definitely some of the the key motivations. And then from there, it kind of grew because I mean, it, it started off with we just wanted a good quality theanine, and we did that, and we were like, we want more stuff, you know. And then we so developed when you did that when you did that good quality theanine because theanine is something you can go on Amazon and buy. Did you yep. notice a difference um, between that and your? I'm not going to call it homebrew, um, but 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 did you notice a, a difference in the quality of the product you produce versus the the off the shelf things that you'd had? Yeah, straight away. We, we also did it as a, a theanine plus. That was our first product um, because we wanted to put some absorption enhancement in there as well, just to make it. The idea with that product and with another product I'll bring up in a second, Lion's Man Plus, was just to make it so it was the best theanine you'd ever tried up until that point. And so we wanted the quality sourcing and a little kicker to make it absorb a bit better than the other one on the shelf. Otherwise, what was the point of just doing another theanine, right? other than controlling the quality. And so we noticed straight away, like, this is way better. Like, this, we this need to the do thing this. The examine said it would do that I've never really noticed before. Rhodiola yes. is a pretty good example of something that, that does yeah. You should be able to feel rhodiola. And um, oftentimes you can't. I know in, in Clean Kill, again, simple ingredients, simple product, you can feel the rhodiola in it, but, but oftentimes you can't. And I think that's like one... Yeah, with a lot of these herbal extracts, people kind of, uh, they feel like they have to run on faith that it's working. And like, no, with with a lot of these, if you do a good dose and it's a good extract, then you you will feel stuff going on. It does yeah. depend on the individual like goal and compound, et cetera. But it's like for Doja, um, we've got, we've got been through like seven different extracts of Fidoja. Uh, we've tested a lot uh and that was just of the initial batch too but um penis test we gave it the penis test 
Yeah, and put it in, like you... in the penis. No, no, we just observed the uh, performance of the penis um, on each extract and had a little scorecard. We didn't, we didn't have a scorecard, but and the guts. we absolutely <laughs> and the yeah. gut scorecard. And the guts, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, look, the first time I tried the Fidozier, I didn't get any of these effects, um, the, the the gut related effects. So I kind of thought mm. you were being babies, uh, and then and then it got me, and and fuck yeah. me, did it get me? Yeah, it takes about a week for the gut. A sort of issue to, to kick in. Um, so when you first have it, it, you kind of get away with it for a week or two, but, and Tom tends to get away with it for lengthy periods until he's dosed hey. it pretty high for a long time. Yeah, no, I, I, um, I just bailed. I was like, Nope, I'm out. That's not, not no, thank you. I, I, I'll, yeah. I'll just, I'll, I'll use other things for my penis. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, no, I'm on the Fidoja now. I think the key thing is just making sure that you've got a lot of fiber. Um, like that you're eating it's it's dietary considerations too is um my big stick but some people yeah. would argue with me on that uh, yeah. excuse me i apologize it is i am i was on dad duty last night and dad duty this morning so it is it is late for me but that's fine because because this is you guys's opportunity to tell everyone why they should be buying their rules or their their not their rules the ingredients that we're going to be bringing over you mentioned earlier that a lot of the stuff that you wanted to do, you just couldn't get. Um, I assume that's related to Tom's um, crusade to live forever. Yeah, it, it, it's that. And also some of the herbs that I've used over the years yeah. or researched and wanted to try um, as well that we, we just couldn't get and brands weren't doing it well. And like we said, the trust issues, you know what I mean? Like sometimes you'd, you'd take the one brand's version of something. And it's like, this doesn't kick like it did last time or this test booster isn't doing the thing that it yeah. usually doesn't they could just be subbing anything out and it's not to say that that's widespread in this industry i actually personally believe the supplement industry is as dodgy as people think it is it's probably one of the more regulated industries i mean we don't know what's going in your cereal your toothpaste and all this other I, shit i bought a tub of tuna the other day that said um immunity enhancer on it um because <laughs> it had vitamin c in the brine i couldn't say that on a product <laughs> actually improve your immunity um yeah but yeah, look, yeah, it depends. You know, if you use like an ISO 9001 manu uh, approved manufacturer, if if things are audited, if the paper trails are there, then 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 they can be very good. And there are lots of companies in the UK that do it very well. And um, I, I only know the UK's market. I know that there are companies in the US that I've emailed before about manufacturing and they've said, what do you want on the label and what do you want in the product? Um, yes. Yeah. Not okay. Yeah. Um, so it seems to yeah. vary, varies worldwide. And I guess that's big time. And I would trust the UK. Brands. Yeah. And I mean, I would sooner trust the UK over the US, but our yeah. contacts were pretty much all US based. Yeah. Germans are great. But um, um, for the scale we were at, too, it wasn't really an option to get a good link up like that. And we well, couldn't pivot as fast. You, you've created something really quite unique, uh, be it by design or, or accidentally. And I know there are certain people that are super excited about what you're doing. Um, you know, I, not not from not specifically from my bodybuilder crowd but from my my health related crowd and and you know the longevity community is is growing um i mean i've, I've spoken about the things i want to do slightly away from stromers longevity products um that whole thing is is fascinating um apart from the bits where you need to you know do more cardio and, and eat less calories and stuff um but we're bringing in four products and we're bringing in four products based partly on what I was looking forward to having and partly based on your recommendations. Thomas, would you like to tell us what they are? 
Yeah, we can. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, the nootropic stack that you're bringing in is the lion's mane plus formula, and that's a combination of lion's mane mushroom, uh, citicoline, aka CDP choline, and huperzine A from Huperzia serrata uh, herb, and then. The other three products are more going down the anti-aging line. They're working on NAD plus mechanisms. So you're talking NMN, nicotinamide mononucleotide, uh, NR, which is nicotinamide riboside, and that's actually bound to a chloride too. That's just the way it always is in supplements for and ingredient things. That one is not to be confused with a niacin, as someone did the other day that was messaging me. Completely different compound. Yeah, yeah and if you're trying to get um, if you're trying to achieve similar things from niacin, you've got a million enzymes and other steps in the way. Um, I, I'm not like super comfortable with high-dose niacin anyway because of the potential liver complications. Yeah. I know that they are rare, um, but yeah. I, I'd hate to recommend it's, someone to bang a couple of grams of niacin a day and then they have sudden chronic yeah. liver failure because they were one of the one in every 50,000 that has that that response. Yeah, I I'd, I'd put it simply as it's not the approach I would take to increasing NAD plus levels and neither is it the approach that there is strong evidence for. Um, no, I, mean, I think it, it's popular here for cholesterol management and there is an argument for that. I just, I, I find there are other ways of doing it. That's why it's not in Lipid Max. Hmm. Um, the last ingredient is epigenin, which is, uh, it's a plant flavonoid, which also has, it works on heaps of stuff, but also has NAD plus mechanisms. Um, so this this is a great probably... example of an ingredient that I would have liked to have had in the UK. Uh, I would have liked to have retailed, but it doesn't exist in the UK. Mm. It's a product that I've used myself, but the one that I used to buy on eBay was, was a 50 milligram capsule. So I had to take six capsules a day, a little bit like the situation we had with P5P before we did the, the high dose P5P. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think that's a big thing is that dosing in the industry can often, if it's an expensive ingredient, then brands do just lean to underdosing it. And customers will often say, I need epigenin. They grab epigenin. Yeah. It says take one capsule, so they take one capsule. They haven't done their reading on what an appropriate dosing is. Um, so if I may, um, if we could discuss Lion's Main Plus last, because I know that that's very much your Halo product okay. that you're you're most proud of so i don't want to shoot your load too soon if we look at apigenin first because there'll be a lot of people who have no idea what that is someone asked me the other day and i kind of went i was in a rush please don't shout at me i kind of went oh a bit like ashwagandha and then i carried on what i was doing um i know that's not what it is you're a fraud richard but (laughs) from the perspective of the consumer there there is a yeah it has a similar Kind of true. Um, so yeah, if we yeah, look yeah, at apigenin yeah. first, and then we look at um, the two NAD precursors kind of together but yeah. separate, and then we'll look at Lion's Mane Plus last. Um, so three, two, one, apigenin, go. What is it? <laughs> Why should I take it? And and the last bit that we don't need to get too wrapped up in is how does it work? Aaron Lloyd, you tackle uh, what is it and taking it, and then I can go into the mechanisms. All right, deal. So. It's a flavonoid. Um, Now, obviously, most people have heard about it from Andrew Huberman and in terms of its ability to help you sleep because it raises GABA levels. It actually, uh, 
it helps. What is it again? The manufacture of GABA or like upregulates GABA um, production. So um, it's not like taking GABA. It actually kind of raises your body's building of GABA in the brain. And I, I personally would have no issue with taking GABA, but it is banned in most territories apart from the yeah yeah we got some issues with it too over here and i mean the thing with gabba though if you take too much you do get this weird feeling of doom and these weird tingles so like it can be fucked up sort of like too much niacin feels like you've been stung by a thousand bees but um so what's cool about apigen it's actually a flavonoid found in chamomile tea so it might even be why chamomile tea is relaxing it's probably got other compounds in it to be honest because apigenin levels are pretty low um but and it is amazing for sleep so that's the thing. But as you just described at 50 milligrams, it's not enough. And so unfortunately, because again, Andrew Huberman has kind of directed that as um, an effective dose in, in some way, shape or form, he's kind of always nodding towards that's, that's the dose to go for. And it doesn't do a lot. We really wanted to, and this is definitely Tom's research and passion helping us get this right, uh, which he does all through the brand. Um, we had to go for at least 300 milligrams a cap because then you do start to notice something. And what's cool about that is at that dose, you, you'll get a good sleep, um, but you could also use it to calm yourself kind of like a theanine if you want to. It hits a little different, it's really safe. And it also has some muscle building properties and NAD boosting properties. So it's like super fucking cool, but it won't do any of that shit at 50 milligrams. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we got a pill that's loaded and it's an expensive ingredient. So the RRP is high, but you'll need way less. Yeah, so, mean, it's an ingredient that I played around with when I was poorly because anything that was anti-stress because because yeah. everyone kept telling me that I was having stress-related panic attacks, which was not what was wrong with me, to be completely clear. But I tried pretty much everything. And, and the apigen in at a high dose was one of the ones that really stood out as, as, as being uh, noticeably effective. And the reason I, I liken it to ashwagandha occasionally is because it does have that same kind of you have it and 30 minutes later you can physically feel... Uh, a noticeable kind of relaxation yes. effect. Its mechanism is completely different. I'll make that very clear. Yeah, no, and I'm glad you said that because before I throw to Tom, that's everything that makes it into the nice up range does something. You know, we, things that don't do something, we're just not working with because it's like, yeah, maybe, you know, it's like some things you take and you know you probably should. And um, we don't really want to deal with any maybe products. We really want things that are, are highly effective. And so this one made it in obviously at the right dose though, um, yeah. which is what a lot of people will need to have explained to them because um, Tom will tell you in a sec, but you had a guy the other day, nothing wrong with this dude. He's listening to podcasts. He's educating himself. And he's heard Huberman say 50 milligrams. He was actually worried that 300 would be an overdose of some kind. <laughs> like maybe you'd go to sleep and never wake up. But um, it certainly isn't. I mean, you could probably take, I think Tom said this, like 15 grams and you right. wouldn't have a problem. But not that you would take that dose, but it's not deadly. Anyway, I'll yeah, let Tom. No, I mean, look, if you don't know, if you don't know, you don't know. Um, That's right. And, and, and it does vary. Um, th- there, are, there are certain ingredients that I wouldn't want to take massive doses of. Um, Night yeah. being one, you know, um, an amount is good. Load is not so good. Ashwagandha, even at very high doses, can start to become liver toxic. Um, mm. You know, most most things. But apigenin, yeah, point. very safe up to up to quite high doses. Um, so we know what it is. Oh, in terms of, of of what it's used for. In terms of how to take, obviously, before bed is a good place to take it. Dosing, I would suggest, from my experience, that three hundred milligrams actually for most people is is a good dose. Um, and I would suggest that it would stack really well with support max neuro, support max neuro PM, uh, sleep stack, 
magnesium. Um, you could do the nice supplement companies, magnesium, um, along with the apigenin as a stack. Yeah, yeah. You're probably better off using NeuroPM if it's specifically as a bedtime thing. Um, Which is what I'm or, or you could use it with a standalone ashwagandha. All of those things are really viable and all of those stacks will bring a different range of benefits. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can agree with all of that. Um, in terms of practical use, it's uh, when you come to dosing into, like Lloyd mentioned, like you could go up to 15 grams. It's maybe a little cavalier, uh, but it's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have immediate concerns. I would do it. Um, I, I don't um, think anyone's going to human... take that much because financially <laughs> yeah. it would be ridiculous. It'd be like a thousand yeah. bucks. Yeah. <laughs> it would ruin them. But uh, there's definitely, there's human trials in the multiple gram ranges and definitely, so it's dosage was according to your goals. Um, I think that's a key thing is you always want to remind that with any compound too um, or herb, et cetera. So what you could say is that at the 300 milligram dose range, that's like people say high dose. That's a high dose of epigenin. In terms of the literature, and if you want to go through that, that's kind of actually on the lower dose range of evidence for providing anti-stress benefits and sleep benefits. So that's that's quite a conservative dose. The one thing I would say from my feels quite notable. The one thing I would say from my anecdotal experience, and you you will probably have more experience with this product mm. than me because you've retailed it. Is, is that it can be used in the day without it doesn't have a sedative effect it doesn't make you drowsy it helps you go to sleep if you are wanting to go to sleep mm. but i don't think it has kind of yes. a drowsy sedative type effect so you could use it in the day if you do struggle with stress that kind of thing yeah i i would agree with that you definitely could at the one capsule dose i do think if you start to crank up to the two or three capsules or even like i've done I spent a week doing a gram and a half. Um, that that did start to that's it's getting more into the sedating range, yeah. not just calming. Um, and there's also clinical evidence for that um, being the case as you start to push that dosage up. Yeah. Okay. Um, but so yeah, I'd say mechanism. What <laughs> is it doing in my brain and in my body, Tom? So regarding sleep uh, mechanism, Lloyd's right on. I think the strongest signal is such that it is increasing GABA synthesis via one of the enzymes that makes GABA. Uh, if you want to look around the literature, the, most of the evidence is saying, hey, we've got more GABA nergic activity, specifically on the GABA A receptor. So GABA, if you are kind of activating that, uh, the principle is that's opening chloride channels so turning your neurons off um that is the kind of very simple concept of it it's the attempt to prevent it your neurons from activating and um, and the the potential increase in nad and we'll cover what nad is later yeah what mechanism is that coming from so the potential increase in the nad is coming from the inhibition of a it's another enzyme cd38 uh and it kind of it works a bit on regulating immune functions, inflammatory cell functions. Uh, I'm CDTD8 can be villainized, and so can a lot of the other things like um, PARPs, PARPs. You can look it up; it's a hard word. Um, they they all have valuable function within their balance. The key thing is is that as you age, and if you're under high stress or high physical damage conditions 
then some things can get out of whack. And that's when it can have value to inhibit them. Uh, that said, when it comes to dosing in order to meet that goal, I'd say you want to actually be starting to go up higher than just your one cap apigenin. Um, that the, you'd say there's evidence that that's starting to contribute, but to get really good inhibition, you'd be definitely going above a gram. Um, that's, that said, like we're deriving a lot from animal studies. There's a few human studies. And so like, this is all. So, so we're, we're, into the, we're into the, the ifs, buts and maybes that Lloyd talked about there. So, yeah. so for most users, apigenin, sleep, relaxation, stress reduction. Yes. For those of you who like to do your own research and like to be a little bit more out there, four caps, one, 1.2 grams, that's what it's going to work out with your yeah. dosing, potentially for other benefits. Yeah. The next two products we're going to talk about, NR um, and NMN. Mm -hmm. NMN I've used for probably two or three years. I used to do, uh, I've, I've done NAD plus IVs years ago, but it was very expensive and it's quite an unpleasant IV to have. Incredibly complex topic that we could talk about for a very long time. I imagine that Thomas could, could do that for most of a day. Why would someone want to increase their NAD levels at a very basic level? And then how do these two compounds help you do that? We could, Lloyd, you could start on this again and then I can. Yeah, sure. Um, we have no idea. No. Um, so first of all, this is, this is my take on it, right? Thomas definitely knows a bit more, but the, the gist of it, and obviously David Sinclair is a good resource that a lot of people have sort of discovered these two compounds through and for, you know, fair play to him for getting the word out. Um, but as you age, so NAD, both of those compounds raise NAD levels in the body. NAD levels help you make ATP. And as you age from, I think it's about the age 50, your levels of NAD drop by about half. And if you supplement with about, I think it's a thousand milligrams of NMN, <clears throat> we won't talk about NR right now, it will double your levels. So they drop by half at 50. And if you do take a thousand milligrams a day, which most people don't need that much of a dose, you'll raise them by 50%. You'll be back. So now that's thought to have a whole range of anti-aging properties that spiral out from there. But one of the most notable things will be energy levels and better mitochondrial function, which means better cellular function. And that's how you, you know, ATP production is how you get energy. It's the body's and energy people currency. Who, people who have listened to our stuff for a while will know mitochondrial function is something I'm massively massively in on um, mitochondria, uh, kind of the powerhouses of your cells, every cell in your body has mitochondria. The more yep. efficiently they work, the more efficiently everything works. Um, yep. And for those who aren't too up on the lingo, Lloyd just mentioned ATP, adenotrinophosphate, that's your, your primary kind of fuel source at, at the yeah, that's right. level. Um, yeah, I often use car analogies for people to help them get it too, like fuel injectors. So yeah. the mitochondria is like the injector point where the fuel you know squirts into the engine and then you get the fire to get things moving um, and they can get clogged. There's things to help, you know, unclog them and so on. Um, and there's a whole range of things that help mitochondria, but these are real heavy hitters. These NAD boosters, that's, if you want to help your mitochondria, yes, yeah. you know, CoQ10, yes, Shilajit, there's all kinds of things, but I mean, this is a motherfucker, you know, like yeah. this is the, I mean, this is going straight to the top. I've talked about um, PQQ, D-ribose, yeah, uh, we're talking about gains of in the region of like a percentage, maybe with 
with yep. those ingredients. With with improving NAD levels, we're talking about overhauling the whole system. Big time, big time. And you do notice it um, when you, especially when you first take it for a while, then you kind of get used to it. It's like taking creatine or any number of these things. You'll like cocaine, anything like that. Yeah. Cocaine, right? <laughs> Even pre-workout. Well, that's more like a desensitization issue, um, you know, and you were joking, but, um, and I've never done cocaine. Cocaine, cocaine's actually a, um, you get more sensitized to it the more you use it, fun fact. So, um, oh, really? It doesn't seem to work time, for me. I, I've never done day, I, I was arguing with someone the other day about caffeine being a, a terrible primary driver for a pre workout. It's useful to be in there, but it's a terrible primary driver. Uh, and they're like, what are you talking about? I said, look, I could make you a really strong pre workout with no caffeine in. And they're like, no, you couldn't. So, well, cocaine. Cocaine's a pretty good stimulant. There's no caffeine in that. And they couldn't get their head around that. That that did him in. That's a tree falling in the woods moment. Go ahead. Tom, the thing sorry. is, many cultures use it orally as a stimulant. Like it's the um, South America chewing on the leaves while working in the mines, and yeah. orally, cocaine was something that has historically had a lot of use. Uh, I think it was Freud. Um, he he loved hmm. cocaine. He wrote a whole paper on cocaine. But the thing is, snorting something and taking something in orally is two very different processes in terms of what you're doing to your body and the extremes that you're going to. So I think Correct. I apologize. I've just derailed the podcast where I said we were going to be. Okay, serious. Yeah. That's yeah. And, and in Australia, the cocaine's not even cocaine. So it hits it different as well. So sorry, continue. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Okay. So, so nice we've, got, company. Crazy. We've, got <laughs> yeah. we've got this ingredient and, NMA. You get muscle gains. <laughs> Sorry, I love this. Um, <clears throat> so, so here we go, Lloyd. The question someone's going to ask me: Why should we not just take NAD? And I, we know the answer, but let's mm. let, let's cover that. Yeah, because it does fuck all. No, um, yeah, because it doesn't. Uh, from memory, NAD doesn't get into the cell. Is that right, Tom? It just like it. it you take it, yeah, and it's too big. Yeah. The molecule. You got to manufacture it. Yeah, you got to you got to manufacture it. For people who are familiar with supplements to a decent level, but maybe aren't familiar with longevity and health ingredients, for the same reason that you wouldn't take um, uh, arginine. I mean, you might if you're from 1992, but you wouldn't take arginine, despite the fact that it's arginine in your blood that produces NO synthase. Um, yes, you would take good analogy. Because citronine mm. converts to arginine in your blood um, and, and does the job of producing NO synthase. Whereas if you consume arginine, it gets broken down in the gut and, and very little of it reaches where it's supposed to go. Same kind of thing. Yeah, it is, that's an yeah, excellent exactly analogy. the same situation. Um, yeah, the, if you just take that, it won't come through. Uh, there is various options that you could go for. I, they used to give people in uh, NADH IVs. Oh, I think that's probably what you would have had. Yeah, potentially. Um, I, it, it, and, it, it gives you a curious sensation in the back of your throat. And if you go too quick with it, it can feel a bit, just makes you feel funny. Um, I've had lots of yeah. IVs over the years and it's just not one that I enjoyed. Um, yeah. And you have to do it very slowly, which means it takes up a big chunk of your day and taking mm. up a big chunk of your day for something that costs a, a, over a hundred pounds and the benefits are speculative is just not very convenient. Whereas yeah. an oral tablet that you feel a bit more of a pep in your step from, it's, I think a yeah. no brainer. Yeah, and it and, boosts your brain too. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, oh, yeah. Tom. Um, yeah, so, and that's that's a good follow on actually in terms of the cognitive function side. So, Lloyd was mainly talking about uh, mitochondrial function. Uh, I'm just going to turn this noise off real quick. Sorry. Rude. Oh, I like that. 
while, while he's doing that, while he's doing that, Lloyd, um, I think we've got a fair idea now of what it is. How might someone use it? Yeah, and that was the initial question we asked at the well, start of the podcast. How yeah. might someone use it? Yeah, that's that's a good one for Tom to answer. That's, that's easy to answer. Because we'll have people listen to this that are interested in health longevity. But we've also got a load of bodybuilders that are looking for any, or bodybuilders and strongmen, any opportunity, any any potential mm. competitive advantage they've got. And, and I'd be curious to your take on whether you can play this into creatine, deribose, all of those things, all building towards ATP and generally improving performance. I don't yep. think I've seen any studies on it around athletic performance. Well, you... I'll, I'll, yeah, go ahead, Tom, and then I'll chip in with a little anecdotal on that. Okay. Uh, yeah, so key things on supplementing with the NMN and NR, so your NAD plus precursors, is that you the conversion to NAD allows for a number of functions outside of just the mitochondrial benefits. Uh, they also regulate sirtuins. Um, so NAD is a it's a major fuel for an enzyme group of family, like a family known as sirtuins. And sirtuins regulate your gene expression. And what you can say from that is that that regulation of gene expression and kind of like different sirtuins do different things, but evidence for supplementing with NMN and NR leads to things like improved insulin sensitivity. So a bodybuilder would be very interested in that, I would assume. Um, and then otherwise you're talking about increasing mitochondrial density. And that is due to, uh, or theoretically due to the fact that um, in shuffling electrons to the mitochondria, they can allow them to function better and therefore you have more function there again that should result in an end performance output um i i haven't seen studies that do reflect the sporting performance side though is probably the key thing to note there are studies in humans on uh handling people with obesity and it has really good um health outcomes for those that do have obesity and I've been experimenting on my wife in many different ways, uh, but she's currently um, Off prepping. Topic. I don't for... know if we're allowed to touch on this, <laughs> yeah, but I noticed, yeah, no. wife, I noticed your wife on Instagram the other day, and you are yeah. punching. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm definitely punching. Um, I, she's <laughs> in a lot better true. shape than me. So for those that don't know, um, she's kind of a born athlete. She's Japanese, and she she's ripped with massive glutes. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I'm punching. But um, she's... Uh, prepping she's prepped four times actually they all got cancelled with covid but she's prepping for the wbff show out here which is um a pretty big comp and i've got her on nmn because obviously the dieting the calorie deficit the lack of carbs the energy levels are you know through the floor and it's she's three weeks out now so she's really dragging and it has returned some of her energy levels noticeably so it's given her an edge to get through that period and i would recommend it for anyone in comp prep because it's, you know, there's not a lot of things you can do in comp prep that give you back energy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like most people don't want to take creatine monohydrate. You could do HC, HCL. The people who but, don't uh, want to take creatine monohydrate, by the way, they are retarded. If you're one of those people and you're listening, have a word with yourself. I've had many clients gain pro cards using creatine monohydrate right up to the day of the show. Don't be absolutely. a potato. But they do no. exist. Yes, I agree. 
Totally. And most coaches are scared because of, you know, the water, like the volumization of the muscle. Obviously you could just take it two weeks, take you know, it out if you want. Say, on the show. And I'm often critical of coaches. I think British coaches really do have a better handle on these things now than they did two or three years ago. Yeah. It seems like over there, you guys are really advancing. Um, so it's, it's quite impressive. And you've been heavily involved in that, Richard. Um, yeah. We appreciate that. That knowledge, um, getting that out there into those communities, you know. I, you know what, I still do a very small amount of coaching. I find it incredibly rewarding. But the guys who do it full time, fair play to them because it, um, it would yeah, make my rough. brain fall out. Oh, I can only imagine. So, so you know, I've anecdotally, got, yeah, sorry, go ahead, gonna, I've got two or three clients left, and they're basically the people who, from when I used to coach, no matter how bad my service has been, they've just never left. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. I don't know if it says so that, something about them or you. Loyal, yeah, they're loyal without a good reason. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of how me and Thomas uh, are to each I other. I say, yes, that is very true. Uh, thank you, wife. Um, what I could say, just a small chip in on that creatine, though, is that I understand why 10 years ago, people may have been had concerns about that volume, like the water retention aspects, because there's a whole wave of studies kind of pushing that. But then if you keep going through the literature, we're now in a point of time where a lot of that's been refuted. It's very much in contention, that whole water retention mechanism. Like that's, I, I'd say at best it's dubious and some people would say I would ignore it altogether. Um, Look, you, you, can hold, conflicting information you can hold fluid in two places. You can hold water intracellularly and intramuscularly. Mm -hmm. Intracellularly means in, effectively in your fat um, if you don't have any fat, you can only hold water in your muscle. If you don't have any fat, the more water you hold in your muscle, the more ripped you look. Um, cool. Good call. Bodybuilding 101. Don't be fat. Yep. Yep. I say as I <laughs> sit here, literally three stone <laughs> overweight, but that's neither here nor there. Well, um, you know, me so too. we've got these two compounds. Both of them improve NAD levels. NAD is involved in the production of ATP. It's involved in energy production. It's also involved in, in some longevity stuff, which we'll, we'll go into a deeper dive on later. Um, or we could just read you a chapter from David Sinclair's book. That 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 would probably do yeah, that. I... Um, but the question I've already been asked, and the question that I don't have a particularly good answer to, because I've always just used that NMN, is why might someone use NR instead of? Yes. Or would they use both? Or would they what's the dealio with those that's that's the question that i've had a couple of times that i don't have a particularly good answer to because my knowledge is is more in an nmn based yeah i i can chip in well on that uh essentially it comes down to body of research and what feels best for you is really what i would lean to uh what happens with both NMN and NR in terms of mechanisms that like, like physiology thinks we know and there is good literature on is that once you consume them, they're both like quite rapidly in a matter of minutes, like the half-life of minutes, rapidly converted to nicotinamide um, in your blood. So NMN and NR are not stable in your blood. That is fairly well established, I would say, if you do your reading. Uh, the... So the end result is you're kind of getting the same thing. However, in a men, there has an argument that because later on in your body, it's actually going to be converted back into NMN, there is components that if you take in the NMN and then it's 
cleaved, so it's made into nicotinamide, then you also still have this nucleotide group that you donated in there. So if you talk to, say, Sinclair, I think he would say that maybe that's why it has the advantage because it is providing everything you need to make the NMN again, which then makes the NAD+. Plus. Um, but like a little recycle blood, effect. Yeah, yeah, it, it is a recycle effect. It doesn't, it's not like you consume NMN and NR and then that goes straight into the cell and becomes NAD+. Plus. It's more complicated than that. So off the front, you could say very similar. However, uh, NMN, according to, and this is where it gets a bit interesting because it's all coming from kind of one source, but according to David's lab, it's taking like it it's taking the lead in terms of if you do same dose then nmn performs slightly better but there is far less body of research on nmn there is a lot more on nr and so if you wanted to go for the thing that has the most research then you could go for nr if you want to go for the thing that might actually be slightly better you go for nmn and, and i can chip in both yeah, well, I can tell you the answer to that because I've been taking both since I got my hands on the NR from Thomas. And um, I was doing two pills of NMN every day, just going for that 1,000 milligrams because I'm practically 50. Um, and then what I did is I did one NMN and one NR. And I noticed it really kick, like surprisingly more kick to the to having both and i've got no idea why like maybe they're coming you know i'm getting double pronged here or something but it actually works really nice in synergy and i kind of noticed what i noticed when i first started taking nmn all over again so it, it definitely pops off nicely having them both together i have never had nr on its own or oh, actually i did years ago um from a different brand um I didn't notice anything with that, but that was underdose. It was back when you couldn't get it for more less than a million bucks. And it was like 125 milligrams when you need about 500. But yeah, so one capsule of each, they definitely seem to synergize anecdotally. You know, I'm not, we don't know necessarily how or why, but it's great. So in summary, NAD precursors, one has more evidence behind it for efficaciousness. The other one may actually be more effective, but we don't know yet. They're both anecdotally effective. You could take them both together. They definitely have benefits uh, around longevity and around cellular energy production. They may have benefits in an athletic bodybuilding capacity. And you could argue in the same way that someone once argued to me that creatine was a fat burner and, and I couldn't disagree with them because they allow for increased energy output. They will allow yes. for more calorie output, more caloric yep. output potentially more weight loss if that's your goal um and a definite brand it sounds, really contentious. It sounds yeah. like like supplement salesman snake oil bullshit but actually mm. there's a logic there that anything that improves atp production mitochondrial function energy output is going to help if weight loss is your goal um and what i like about those to cut you off is um metabolism is increased in a sustainable manner because it's it's improving the performance and health of the things that are doing the metabolism well this is and that's this the is, best this way like to the change it this is like the difference between a lot of products that claim to be nootropics versus a brain health supplement like neuro 
uh, a nootropic acutely is potentially going to, and, and by nootropic, I mean a lot of the garbage on the market that's mostly stimulants, may help you think a bit sharper, get a bit more done that day, um, which is where a fat burner might sit, whereas something that's going to improve metabolic function is going to help you get more done over the long term, but also have a, a long-term positive outcome rather than a long-term negative outcome. Correct. Um, finally, um, if we can move to the final product that we are going to be bringing in from the nice supplement company, um, this is the one I expect to sell out very quickly of, and this is the one that I regret not buying more of, although I could be wrong because the interest in the NMN has been quite high. Um, Lion's Mane Plus. I'm going to go and get a drink very briefly. So while I'm doing that, if you guys could, between you, tell us all what Lion's Mane Plus is, why you made it, and again, how someone might use it. Yeah, all right, I'll I'll kick it off, and then Thomas will you know drill into it a bit more. We'll but talk um, shit about Richard while he's gone. Yeah, and it's pretty funny that it feels like we're explaining this to each other when we both, but we're not. We're explaining you're not, to the, you're explaining it to the between <laughs> yes, one thousand two hundred and four thousand people yes. that listen to this. Yes, Dad. Yes, Dad. Um, okay, so essentially, um, me and Thomas wanted to have a lion's main product in a capsule form. Um, because most of them were powder, which is not, there's nothing wrong with taking it in a powder form, of course, but convenience wise. And we realized that we were like, why don't we make it the best damn lion's main product there is? Um, and we already were huge fans of multiple nootropic ingredients, but we very quickly realized the most bang for buck we could get without overcomplicating the formula would be to make sure it's a big dose of lion's mane. And we eventually sourced a, a really good beta-glucan content. It's 30% um, as well. So across three capsules, you get 1200 milligrams of 30%. You know, that's an effective dose of daily dose of lion's mane. Um, and then we wanted CDP choline in there because it was probably one of the best single nootropics we've ever used. You know, you can make stacks and they often synergize, but if you had to reach for one, you know, if you, if you said to me and Thomas, Hey, you're on a desert Island and you're only allowed to have one nootropic compound, what's it going to be for both of us? It would be CDP choline because you get this nice brain boost. You get this extra focus and you seem to get a little bit of a dopamine charge, which later Thomas drilled in and found out why, um, when no one else was talking about why you feel like you've got a sort of a more of a motivated feeling. Um, and, it, it pops off at a good dose of like 250 milligrams is enough. We actually ended up going with 300 and we'll explain that in a second too. Um, and then Hoopazine A, because Hoopazine A, you only need a tiny dose to be effective. It's the reason why everyone used to rave about alpha brain was just the Hoopazine A in our opinion. Everything else is a prop blend and no idea if you're getting effective doses. It helps you remember shit. It, it, um, it's the kind of supplement that you need to take daily and same with lion's mane, uh, whereas CDP is more immediate. And so the, the, the beauty of those three together is we've got two things in the hoopazine and the lion's mane that you need to take regularly to get benefits from. And thusly as a daily supplement, you've got that. And then you've got the CDP, which you've got to get an immediate benefit from so that people take it and actually feel something at the same time as getting these things that will have an accumulative effect. They also have a bit of an acute effect. Don't get me wrong. Hoopazine and lion's mane, you do get a little bit boost but the cdp really puts the stamp on it and they're all three ingredients that are healthier to take daily they'll improve your brain health your longevity your ability to recall you it'll help you stave off dementia later on in life we can't make any medical claims but i just kind of did whoops um so well, on on that um yeah one of my biggest fears is dementia 
type <laughs> things. Why am I laughing? Yeah, yeah that no, sucks. You're a horrible cat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and when like neuro was made it's like four or five years ago and it was very much my hopefully mm. stop my brain from degenerating stack yep um and yep. lion's mane really is the, the will. main ingredient that's doing that yeah and, and the choline you put in and the phosphatidylserine especially oh, that you the put in which, serine. Mm, yeah that's a huge that, one and, um, and what's the, yeah no, go go tom uh, for the record, what uh, first, because Support Max Neuro was the first strong product I stocked in New Zealand. And what really stood out for me, I was like, I can get Lion's Mane anywhere. And yet, like, everyone's still in Ashwagandha and Colleen and stuff like that. No one was doing good doses of phosphatidylserine. And phosphatidylserine has really, really good evidence for long term brain health, such that even in New Zealand and Australia, I can legally make a health claim to say that if you take phosphatidylserine, it is good for your brain health. Um, so, like, interestingly, the EU is yeah. massively tight on label claims. Um, and phosphatidylserine is the only ingredient we are legally allowed to make the label claim reduces cortisol for. Wow. And so it's it's one of those ingredients where it's just like the evidence is too good. Um, and thankfully, probably someone else has um, paid the money to get a claim approved. But, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Um, but no, lion's mane is an ingredient that I, I will always stand behind. Um, one question on your formula for the lion's mane plus, because um, it is a point of contention um, for me when I speak yes. to other formulators um is it is hooperzine a stimulant no <laughs> thank you no That's yeah it's so, no not at all uh, you can have it before bed I can, it, it, yeah. yeah memory enhancing primarily present in pre-workouts yeah people think it's a stimulant yeah, and, I, and before Tom gets into the, the nuts and bolts, I'll just say the reason they put it in pre-workouts, I only know this because I've spoken to a lot of American manufacturers when we were trying to get quality shit done. And, and you know, we are still doing some things with them, not with Nysupco though. Um, and they all think the reason you put it in is to help prevent a crash because it keeps acetylcholine in the synapse a little bit longer. Um, you're frying yourself with, your with caffeine. Feel good factor. Yeah. And I mean, it is a nootropic. It does, it does assist, but it really doesn't make a heap of sense in pre-workouts other than, yeah, maybe there's some validity to the thought process that it might help prevent some crash. Cause you know, you, you see all choline, choline, sorry, <laughs> levels won't just necessarily plummet as quickly or something like that, but it's just one of those things that was done years ago and they just keep doing it. And really it's an amazing nootropic that I believe is best to take morning and night. It's, it's kind of one that you want to keep in the bloodstream. Um, but I'll let Tom jump in a bit and talk about maybe some of the reasons why it does shit. And it's yeah. not a fucking stimulant. I think, um, so one of the considerations in this, and just to kind of clarify, because earlier Lloyd was saying like Hoopsine or Hoopersius Rada is something that you want to be taking consistently for benefits. And that is true with regard to the literature. The literature shows that you need consistent use for the real benefit. However... This is where the however comes in and the nice supplement code this is very much what we're about. Anecdotally, like when you test it out yourself, I would expect first time of use someone to notice Hoopazine A, assuming they've got healthy levels of choline available. And that's part of what providing that citicoline, aka CDP choline is about. You've got a CDP choline is awesome because it donates cytidine, which uh, 
is valuable for all sorts of brain structures and stuff, but also has some dopaminergic sensitization effects. I'm already right thinking that that's urine. the compound that has been associated or, or, or proposed as, a, as an antidepressant or having antidepressant properties. Like, you could maybe say yes, because, yeah, there's dopaminergic sensitization. I'm, I'm sure like, so that's been proposed somewhere. I'd, I'd believe it. The thing is that you could propose many things have antidepressant activities because depression is very complex. Um, like, that, it, that's an end sort of health thing it's not one mechanism that causes depression sort of thing yeah. so i'd say situationally i could agree um what i follow on there is that if you have hoopazine and you've got a healthy amount of choline available maybe because you've been supplementing well with alpha gpc or acetylcholine um, or maybe because you haven't been overusing your stimulants and you just have a healthy normal dietary amount and what you're getting from food, say from just choline, which doesn't cross the blood-brain barrier very well, but you will get a, a little bit through. Um, yeah, that, there is ways to have a healthy amount. I guess that's the tangent, I, but... Um, I wasn't wrong, just... Oh, yeah. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. it's been proposed. Oh, it's been, it's been studied for uh, bipolar. It's also been studied I, to I assist get, with traumatic brain injury, which we won't get into today, but it's, it was developed for that. Um, it's just so funny how some of these things have this amazing ability to help people. And it's just kind of like us in the supplement industry, oh, it might boost my brain a bit. It's like, it will. This thing can fucking almost bring someone back from very poor function as well. Like it's, mm. it's pretty cool. Anyway, back to Tom. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think the thing is that uh, while we talk about individual mechanisms, these are all very complex. And say, for example, working on acetylcholine, there's a lot of tying between acetylcholine and dopamine too. So even if mm. you don't directly work on dopamine when you're doing acetylcholine things, the acetylcholine work around by nature of them, like acetylcholine receptors being on neurons that then fire off some dopamine end results is that you affect many other um, components in the brain. And that's where you can make the argument that there's like, it's, it's so complex. It's always hard to pin down exactly what is going on. Um, yeah. However, we've got some good evidence on end outcomes in terms of uh, brain health, cognitive function. And we do understand snippets here and there of what mechanisms are at play and so that's what i try to that's what we focus on especially at the nice supplement co angle it's like what do we understand what is our end outcome we're not going to say we know everything but we can shed light on what we do know and um uh, cdp choline also has an interplay with um, uridine which is another ingredient you guys do that i'm hoping to bring over in our next batch yes yeah, so essentially uridine is a precursor to cytidine. Um, and so, it, it, yeah, it's direct sort of pathway stuff. Um, it's part of why we think that cytocholine, CDP-choline has that little bit of a charge effect because if you take a good dose of uridine, you can really... Um, well, actually, I'm I'm on uridine right now. Um, yeah, it feels like... Milligram dose, yeah. Well, yeah, uridine of, feels like modafinil. A good it's dose the closest thing will increase your your blood plasma levels of iridine. That's right, because it, it helps basically donate some building blocks. To that right, Tom? I think you were explaining this to me yeah. the other day. Yeah, it's well, 
it will definitely increase blood plasma of cytidine and when you're doing uridine things that's what uridine is made into um mm-hmm. and so yes it, it achieves the same goal um you could say but uh i guess where were we with the uh, hoopazine the hoopazine yeah. is very noticeable on the offset and the beauty of having that and the cdp choline which also especially when paired with something like hoopazine a we're using more choline you have a very noticeable cognitive effect. I'll say for people that are healthily functioning, we do get the occasional person saying they don't notice something. I often redirect to say, maybe you should look at your nutrition, sleep, all these other things before. Well, I think this is, this is this is an important one to cover and you get it with people with pump products, you get it with people with fat burners, you get it particularly with people with things like neuro. Um, if you're not in tune with your body generally, the results you get from from supplements from, from almost everything will be diminished and it, it's not a nice conversation to have with yourself um i am very much in that situation myself now well not so much now actually things are better now but six months ago if you're not if you're not in a good situation metabolically your level of sensitivity to almost everything will be reduced um and with stuff like this i think i think that effect is going to be magnified you're not going to notice a huge amount from things like lion's mane and city choline if if you have pummeled yourself into the ground with five years of yeah. takeaway pizzas and, and, and TV and, and very little else. Yeah. That's when cocaine steps in. Um, yeah. But, yeah. You'll uh, notice that. Well, I mean, that, yeah. that's a real prime example. We don't get it now. I used to have a shop in the middle of a busy town. You would get people who I know loved a bit of recreational drugs on a weekend complaining that their, their pre-workout wasn't strong. Yes. I know those people too, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, we, we have, have a too. nap. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have take drugs a in New Zealand. Yes. You're not allowed them. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yes, no, no drugs in socialist <laughs> republics. No, that's of course true. not, and um, and never will we make legal what everyone has. Apparently, um, even if the cops say it's fine, it's still not okay. Um, right. But not to go down a political tangent. Uh, oh, absolutely not. I think the beauty of the like the wrap up on the Lions Main Plus is that. There's also a lot of misinformation going around about what Lion's Man does, and it is awesome for long-term brain health. Um, But people telling that it's going to improve your focus and mental clarity at time of use, I... I would say, mm, like, there's, there's a I, bit I of... I tell people um, that after two or three days of consistent use, the thing I always notice is, is short and medium-term recall. That's the first thing I notice with consistent use. And that's yeah, with um, consistent use, though. but people think they can treat it like a coffee here. That's yeah. the big thing we deal with. Well, I think that's because it's often been paired with things like caffeine because, yeah. because people want to feel an immediate effect. I think what you've done with yeah. Lion's Mane Plus is you've paired it with things that will give an immediate effect, but that aren't shit. Yep. Mm. So same idea, from a marketing perspective, you've gone for me to get people mm. to buy this. They need to have it and it feel it do something. But I don't want that just to be garbage. Yep. Well, you, you I'd, get it. I'd do the, yeah, I'd have the follow up on that too. And this is something Lloyd and I were just discussing the other day is that when you've got a hype ingredient like Lion's Mane, people will buy it and they'll buy it once and they'll use it wrong because they're not feeling it. And so they're not using it consistently. And then they won't rebuy it because they're like, oh, I don't really know about that. If you have, 
as in this case, something that with Ted Lyons mean with things that you can feel at the time, but are also really good for your long-term brain health, then people will use it consistently such that they are therefore getting their lion's mane consistently and having the best health outcome there. And so that's why it kind of works as a product in our head. This is, it, it allows them to get the benefit that they're looking for. And it also, it doesn't cramp on the long-term health thing like you might if you put a whole bunch of stimulants in with your lion's mane. So lion's mane plus... What is it? It's a premium lion's mane product with a really good form of choline and something that's going to help you feel a bit better and be a bit more focused throughout the day in the form of hoopazine. How should people use it? Where would you recommend people use this product? I my You can use it any way you want. But my take on it is because there's, there's two things to remember. Um, all of those ingredients synergize well to improve neurogenesis. So they all have evidence for benefiting that and neuroplasticity and all of them will help your memory. Um, so the way I like to use it is I take two in the morning. It's a three capsule dose. And that's an, if you have three caps every day, it'll last you a whole month per bottle. I take two in the morning with my coffee and a theanine, whatever your ritual is. Um, and then I'll take one at night with my support max neuro because I want the hoopazine twice a day. And it doesn't have to, the bigger dose in the morning is good because you're going to use a bit more of that brain function. And then the dose at night is to keep those serum levels going. So you get more of that that short-term memory benefit, which you also get from the lion's mane and you also get from the CDP. So that's how I use it. You could definitely just crank three in the morning, just get more of a boost and not worry about the nighttime dose. Or you could do one morning, one night, you're not a heavy nootropic user and your bottle will last even longer. Yeah. Um, it's really up to anyone because it's non-stimulant as well. So it's, it's basically like a non-stim nootropic as well. So you could have it at lunchtime for a pick-me-up. Yeah. You could have it in the afternoon as well. And then... Um, um, and Stacks well with support max neuro. Anything else that stacks well with? Well, hoopazine and acetylcholine are amazing with cup of coffee. Um, yeah. So this is the yeah. beauty that like following that cholinergic pathway is awesome with stimulants, but we want to leave that to other people to control their stimulant. And well, look, I mean, ca- caffeine is dirt cheap. People can add it if they want, but but they've got the choice, exactly. haven't they? That's right. And they like coffee and we can't put coffee in a pill. Um, so you can have your nice tasty brew of coffee and then add this alongside and it will make that coffee even better. Yeah. yeah. I'm super excited to get, get all four of these products in. Um, I think all four that we've got in initially are, are going to be super popular. Um, yeah. Really, really looking forward to it. We will probably look to bring in the iridine and I really like your magnesium. Actually, I've been playing around with that myself. Mm. It's, uh, I think magnesium three and eight is really interesting because I was quite skeptical because I used to play around with magnesium bisglycinate a lot and everyone would rave about that because it can cross the blood brain barrier well and all that. And if you go into reading about magnesium a lot, there's some dubiousness about the benefits of taking different types. Um, there's arguments to be made that it's not that significant. However, the three and eight, um, in theory, the three and eight aspect actually helps shuffle in magnesium into your neurons. So it's not only can it cross the blood brain barrier, but it is actually increasing uptake into the neurons in theory. I, in I practice, my neurons yes, way better. I, defi- I definitely get a more noticeable lucid dreaming effect from that versus the glycine. I get a borderline theanine effect too, where I, I, 
can notice an onset of calmness if I take a couple of those, like you're talking dosings of 1.2 grams. Yeah. Um, and anecdotally, I feel a bit calmer off it. I, I really like three and eight and it's, it's interesting just because bisglycinate was so disappointing for me, but that may have been due I to find quality. Fantastic. Maybe it was, yeah. I find bisglycinate fantastic for making me need a poop the following morning. Mm. which is nice yeah. you know yeah no you need sometimes you need that. a laxative effect yeah and again on comp prep people need that you know sometimes yeah. as your calories drop you can't get a poop out and that causes bloating um, so this glycinate is great for digest max and away you go and, oh your digest max will uh will get things moving really nice and especially yes. for your digestion on a high calorie diet so digest max no, great has, has become hugely popular for people on almost any calorie diet it seems to be it's it's one of those ones yep. that that lipid max and systole max the last two or three months have just taken off it's like words kind of got around because they they're yep. they're quite nice things look when i went off to get a drink um just because you know thomas said a thing and you said a thing and um one of you said that when you get to kind of 900 milligrams 1.2 grams apigenin starts to have quite a sedative effect and i decided that you were chatting shit so i just went off and took four caps uh and i need to go to bed <laughs> that's what yeah. i would expect yeah i, I uh, took it's i took 30 grams of support max neuro because why not um mostly because i've got um i've got a protein tub of it with a protein scoop in and i thought it'd be fun it's fun experimenting um <laughs> and um and 1.2 grams of apigenin and yes i am i am very tired now and that's sleep very well 20 I... minutes should I do a quick one-minute explainer on that? Just for sure, a, you, yeah. As yeah. long as I don't have to talk. Yeah, yeah. So with that is quite interesting too, um, because you get sources like Nootropic Stepper. I think those guys are great for the record. It's an American company, Nootropic Stepper. They'll say that the GABAergic effects of adrenaline um, only occur with long-term use because it's working on enzyme mechanisms. The literature at least what I've seen, disagrees. It can show a rapid increase in synthesis in GABA from that mechanism. And, um, and the evidence is such that you're yawning. And this is really interesting chat, obviously. So it's, yeah. it's interesting when you're dealing in the world of apigen and NMN and NR because the research, like, there's, it's still, there is research there, but there's, multiple different tangents there's a bit of contradictions here and there and that's just because it's all like kind of on the bleeding edge sort of at the moment um but i, I don't the day, overplay these it. Are awesome. you know i i don't want to overplay it but i am at that point and it's come on very quickly of you know when you're so tired yeah. that things start to kind of blur in front of your face um yeah. i didn't expect it to hit quite that hard um I've done apigenin. Very tired. I've, I've done apigenin at kind of 600 milligrams before. Um, I don't know if it's the combination of it with neuro or, or if it's just yeah. Um, but yeah, it, fuck, it can put you down hard. Yeah, that's heavy. And that is if, if, I've, yeah. I've got a melatonin vape upstairs as well. That came from America the other day. Oh yeah, how do you find that? So you if you have it at the right time, if you have it when you're tired you're going to sleep and you're going to stay asleep for eight hours. If, however, you shoot your load a little bit too early, you have it before you're ready to go to sleep and you don't go to sleep, you're going to struggle to get to sleep the rest of the night. 
You missed the window. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing with melatonin. Yeah. 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 So the key seems to be to wait until you're about to fall asleep anyway, have a little yeah. bit of it, and then and you'll put sleep the nail in the coffin. And yeah. it, it will reduce that kind of broken sleep effect. But yeah, yeah you've got to be, you've got to time it just right. Because if you go, when the first day it came, I was like, oh, this is amazing. I'm going to have such a good night's sleep. And then at like half past eight, like a kid at Christmas, I was like, I'm going to have it now because I want to yeah. go to bed. Um, and just didn't sleep at all. Yeah. yeah. You've got to follow your rhythms a bit with, with some of this stuff. Although I will say neuro is always good. Just you can have that well before bed if you want to start winding down yeah. and get to a place where you could probably pop in the melatonin. But um, whereas some of those more drastic sleep formulas, yeah, you got to do it right before bed. It's it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. No, I mean, I think if you've had a really busy day, you can get in from work and have a scoop of neuro as you're kind of sitting down to relax for the evening. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it, you'll stay in that in that state, and I think the phosphatidylserine is a big a big component in that. Um, mm. But yeah, that, I mean that the, was a staple for me in doing stressful business for a long time too, because when I was working full time and doing business things five years ago, um, I yeah overstressed. Neuro was a like absolute game changer. So to a degree, you could somewhat thank a lot of our what well, my business building due to things like neuro i will yeah I, I wouldn't yeah no i wouldn't go that far yeah, i get yeah, you'll take the credit yeah. <laughs> um no definitely i'm gonna, these I'm gonna hold the record have... in there before we degenerate uh, yeah. nonsense i'm Sounds so good. excited yeah. to have the nice supplement company on board i think it's going to be massive for us um because you are doing so you know i spoke to someone a, a few months ago and i won't name names um but it did annoy me there was someone who who runs a supplement company um and they were saying like there's no point trying to be inventive because everything's been done so you might as well just just do all the major categories um and make sure that it's not shit which i think is such a disappointing attitude because there are so many ways that things can be done differently and there are so many cool things to be done that don't exist and i don't think any of your products exist in the uk other than uh, possibly a few of the very base you know things like rhodiola but even then you've gone the extra mile in terms of sourcing and so on yeah, we've got a 5% yeah. that will blow your mind. Oh, yeah, that one is crazy. Um, what you could say on that is that it's, it's, they're just not looking around enough. There's a lot of traditional cultures too that have used various really crazy herbs for a long time and had a lot of benefit. And sure, there may not be like tons of research on it yet, but there's so many cool things out there. And that's very much what we're about. Like part of it for us is we just love exploring and there's, there's one different there's one cultures I've been have playing done. around with for a while. And I'm going to say it so that if anyone decides to listen to this and then do it before me, I'll be like, yeah, fucker, you listen to my podcast. Um, like, take notes. Magnolia bark extract. <laughs> yeah. oh, there are, there okay. are two yeah. alkaloids of magnolia bark extract. One of them is a stimulant and one of them is 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 more of a kind of nootropic type thing. Um mm-hmm they're fun and i only found out about those after listening to gardener's world which is a program listened to by kind of 80 year olds um yep. and they were talking about uh, i think it was incas or aztecs making a, a hot chocolate with magnolia to get yeah. themselves all fucked up before they went to kill people yeah like, that's, that's shit's like wicked it'd be good yes yeah, yeah. I, I see the three of us in the jungle one day making a documentary we'll series. absolutely all die yeah yeah well yeah but we'll get to some really good herbs hopefully just before that happens we'll die in glory forbidden herbs. That's the key thing. yeah i mean if i die taking <laughs> some forbidden herbs i'm i'm good with it and on that yeah. note it's goodbye from the southern hemisphere and it is goodbye from me we will be back at some point or with a deep dive into uh nmn 
NR and NAD because Thomas promised me that we could do that one day. Sounds great. Yes.